0: This episode is supported by EarnIn. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Okay, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about sugar and cravings. I got a ton of feedback on episode three. So episode three was all about how to stop having bad food days. And so in that episode, we talked about at the end of the day, Women, especially, tend to quantify their day in terms of, oh, like I had X amount of sugar today, so today was a bad day. And, or like, oh, I only ate kale and vegetables, so today was a good day. And we wrap our whole identity over time. Our whole identity becomes this like vicious cycle of whether or not we ate good or bad foods. And then that can turn over into how we value ourselves. Like, if I had a bad day with food because I ate cupcakes and ice cream, then I, I might also be a bad person, which is just this really horrific mental cycle. So, if you want to hear more about that, jump on over to episode three three after you listen to today's episode, because it was the episode that I've gotten probably the most comments on so far and the most texts and emails and messages of, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here listening to this. I'm crying because this is exactly how I talk to myself. I beat myself up over feeling like I'm eating bad foods or eating too much sugar or just not making healthy lifestyle choices. So today I want to give you the opposite of that. I want to give you some ways to fight back, some tips and tools to get over sugar and to get over cravings. Because what happens is we make choices based on what we're used to. So there's this thing about recency and frequency. So if you recently have had sugar, then you will want to continue to have more sugar. And if you frequently have sugar, you want to continue to have more sugar. And that goes for anything. The same thing goes for working out. If I've recently worked out, I'm more likely to work out again soon. And if I have been working out frequently, I'm more likely to keep working out. So there's this whole thing about recency and frequency, which is true in any with any lifestyle choice. So whether it's a good or bad positive or negative lifestyle habit, recency and frequency counts. So if you're someone who's in a cycle of having sugar cravings very regularly, it's probably a recency and frequency thing where you have recently had it and you've probably had it somewhat frequently. And so then your body continues to desire it. So there's a few things you can do to minimize sugar cravings and to get over them. And this takes time. It's not always super easy, but there's some things that you can do to make it a lot less challenging. So it doesn't have to just be like, going off sugar and white knuckling through the day and you're just obsessing about like gummy bears and ice cream. It can feel pretty comfortable if you are very strategic about how you do it. So often when we think about willpower – we think like, oh, I don't have any willpower. That's why I ate all the sugar. It's really not about that. It's usually because something going on physically on a biochemical level, you are legitimately craving sugar for a very specific reason. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go through some of this. So for those of you who don't know, I have a background in fitness and nutrition. So I know some of what I'm talking about, (laughs) just so that you know that I'm qualified to be speaking to these things. So the first tip I want to give you is pro pro. One of my dear members at my local gym in Seattle coined this term, a year or two ago and it's a standard now that we live by at the gym. So pro pro is protein and produce. If protein and produce are the cornerstones of every meal and snack, you won't have as much room for the junk. So what happens is when you put protein and produce in, whether it's protein with fruit or protein with vegetables, you will fill up and stay full for longer. So you don't have these cycles where you crash and then crave sugar and then eat more sugar and then crash again. So if you imagine in your day, you have a snack that's let's say a muffin, and a muffin is going to be mostly sugar, even if it's a brand muffin or a muffin that has some healthy components to it, it's going to be mostly carbohydrates. And so that's going to mostly be converted to sugar in your bloodstream. Shortly after having that muffin, you will be craving more sugar or more carbohydrates. That's just your body's response to having had sugar recently. And especially if you haven't curbed that with protein. So if you have a protein snack, so let's say you have muffin and some nuts or a muffin and protein shake, then you won't actually crash as much from that muffin and you won't have the same cravings an hour or two later. So if you always have protein paired with every meal and snack, you're going to regulate your blood sugar on a much more stable level all day long. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is IEPs, she talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans, she really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. hundred thousand happy customers and thousands of five star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to active skin to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's active skin use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order active skin code shameless if you always have produce, you will feel much more full for longer, and in addition you can fill up on lower calorie, higher nutrient value things that don't allow for the blood sugar crashing. So even if I have an apple which has some sugar in it, that's going to be different than having like Mike and Ike's because the sugar will hit me slower. And so this is where we get into the glycemic index and different things with different glycemic indexes. So if I have something like an apple, the blood, my body has to break down that sugar at a much different rate than Mike and, Ike's. Mike and Ike's can be a pretty quick breakdown. The fiber in the apple and the apple skin will actually be a little bit of a slower breakdown. And so I won't crash in the same way. If I have an apple with some nuts, I will crash even less, so it will sustain me for even longer so when you look at pairing protein and produce with every meal and every snack, you are able to regulate your blood sugar all day long. The other thing is that you crowd out some of the other habits. So I'm a big fan of rather than coming from a perspective of deprivation and thinking, I'm just going to not eat sugar for 30 days. And then all you think about for 30 days is sugar. Instead of thinking about it that way, think about like, I'm going to have At least one source of protein and two sources of produce at every meal for the next 30 days. If you do that, you will not have the room for the sugar. So, what happens when you do that is you crowd out the old habit. And crowding out an old habit is totally different than quitting an old habit. Quitting an old habit creates this huge vacuum where all you're thinking of is the old habit. So, if I say, you know, let's say I eat ice cream every night at eight o'clock while I'm watching TV, if I just stop that, all I'm going to think about while I'm watching TV is like, where's the ice cream? Where's the ice cream? I want the ice cream. I miss the ice cream. If I have taken a new habit of making sure that I have a dinner that is mostly protein and produce every night, I'm not going to crave the ice cream in the same way. If in addition to that, I bring in another new habit that's maybe like, while I'm instead of having the ice cream at night, I have a little bit of cottage cheese and some fruit, then I've added protein in there. And I've substituted a new behavior for the old behavior. So there is no vacuum and I've added protein and produce to the vacuum, which is perfect. So always be thinking of ways that you can crowd out the old habit. That's going to be really key. That's totally different than white knuckling and deprivation. Well, the other thing with the protein and the produce is with the nutrient value of produce, you get so much more fuel out of that. And so when you can start fueling yourself, you will feel very different all day long. So when you're fueling yourself with protein and produce, you actually have more energy all day. So yes, it's totally okay to have some carbs with your protein and produce. I'm not saying 100% of your diet should be protein and produce. If you're eating a lot of produce, though, you actually are getting a decent amount of carbs. So you don't have to be worried about having like a big side of carbs with every meal. If you want to have some carbs with your meal, that's fine. If you want to throw a little bit of brown rice in with that with your protein and produce, totally fine. If you want to throw in a little bit of whatever your, you know, I try to recommend healthy carbohydrate choices, but whatever that means, whatever your healthy carbohydrates of choice are, go ahead and throw those in and make them be kind of an afterthought. They're not the main focus of the meal. The protein and the produce are the main focus. Okay, so next along those lines, the second tip is going to be having 20 to 30 grams of protein at breakfast. This is a game changer. If you're someone who's used to having like coffee and a muffin, you're not getting nearly enough protein at breakfast. So what's happening is you're actually crashing probably before lunch, which makes it really hard to make a rational lunch choice. By the time you get to lunch, you're so hungry and irrational that all you can do is put whatever is in front of you in your mouth. Like you're not thinking is A versus B going to fuel me better for the rest of the day. You're just thinking like food in my mouth right now. You might be really cranky. You might be about to bite off someone's head. Like this happens to me. So I can't really drink coffee because unfortunately cuz i love coffee but it makes me so irrational when i get hungry that like i'm about to like bite off little kids in the grocery store line who are like whining and complaining and not even my own child like i want to yell at the other kids in line it's totally inappropriate so it's really important to recognize if you're not getting the right kind of fuel or how if your fuel is impacting you in a negative way let's adjust that so getting in 20 to 30 grams of protein first thing in the morning can be really really helpful if you're not a breakfast eater this will take some time to work up to and it's okay if it's you know if it's not within 20 minutes of getting out of bed you don't have to like get out of bed and immediately start going to town on the protein but make sure that over the course of breakfast you do get in that 20 to 30 grams and it might even be you know 15 grams split between breakfast and a snack initially But that will keep your blood sugar more stable for the rest of the morning, which will impact the food choices you make at lunch, which will impact whether or not you crash in the afternoon, which will impact your afternoon snacking. And all of that impacts your dinner. And then that impacts your evening snacking. So you can see how there's this huge trickle down effect for like, if you start off your day with a junky breakfast, that's going to impact how you eat in the evening. And we never think like when you're sitting eating ice cream on the couch at night, you're never like, hmm is this because of what I had for breakfast? But it possibly could be. There's a good chance that the cravings and eating habits that you have at night are totally related to what you do or do not eat at breakfast. So don't be afraid to look into those relationships to track your protein intake throughout the day and see what does this look like? Where am I getting protein? Am I getting at least 10 to 20 grams every time I eat something? Am I getting to 20 to 30 grams every time I eat breakfast? Because those habits will hugely impact your blood sugar later in the day, your choices later in the day, your sense of willpower later in the day. And that's what most of us struggle the most, you know, most of us can hang on for the first couple meals of the day, it's usually by the time we get to dinner, and then we're sitting at home that we just eat from like six to 10pm nonstop. And that's where we consume, you know, it's not unusual to consume over 50% of your calories for the whole day after you come home from work, which is there's no reason that you need to do that. That's just a bad habit. It's a habit that you've built into your life. You don't need all those calories before bed. That's like the last thing your body needs. Your body knows that it's going into rest and recovery mode. So it actually can't really process all those calories at that point. So you don't want to be saving 50% of your calories for the end of the day, even though that's when we often have the most time to sit and eat. It's most ideal to eat. they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, swear it's like, So you will feel much more regulated and much more able to make sane choices regarding food if you get in that big, high-protein breakfast. So next, tip three, volume eating. So I don't know about you, but when I sit down to eat, I do not want to have a plate with like three to five bites on it. I want like a plate that is overflowing with food so that by the time I'm done with it, I feel like, oh, I've kind of been eating for a while. Like I've been eating for so long, my jaw is kind of sore, like I'm ready to be done versus... The opposite of that, which would be like the deprivation standpoint of like, well, I'm trying to cut calories, so I'm only going to eat like, you know, seven bites of dinner tonight. So I love the concept of volume eating because it allows you to really fill up and eat a big plate full of food or a big bowl full of food. So for volume eating, I use vegetables to eat huge quantities of food, like to my heart's content. So I'll do things along the line, obviously like salads and those kinds of things, but you can do a ton of other things. You can use like spaghetti squash or zucchini noodles or cauliflower rice or things like that that really bulk up a meal and make it much bigger without adding a ton of calories. These are also substitutions for a lot of your starches. So I'm actually going to, in the show notes today for this episode, I will make sure that we put in a link to an article that I wrote about this because there's a link to the article will actually give you some recipes on exactly how I do this. But always be aware of like, where can you add more volume? Volume to your meal that's going to be high nutrient and be very filling. And so that's usually in the form of vegetables. So I often, you know, I add greens to everything. I'll add greens to soup and to chili and I'll chop up and I finely chop them. I don't like take handfuls of spinach with stems that are annoying to eat. I chop everything up really finely. So then like my salads, I could eat with a spoon because I chop everything up really finely. And that's that for me is very preferable to eating. I don't like eating greens where I feel like they're falling out of my mouth or like the stem is always sticking out. Like I can't stand that in a restaurant where you're trying to have a conversation with someone and you have like a spinach stem sticking out of your mouth. It makes me crazy. So chop that stuff up. Don't be afraid to chop, chop, chop and get it in there. Same thing when I'm eating something, you know, if I make something like a stir fry or a, I'll do like, I call it like my Mexi mix. So I'll take like fajita seasoning or taco seasoning and mix that in with beans and ground beef or ground turkey. And then as many vegetables as you can. And after I've added in, so for vegetables, I'll often use like zucchini and pe- bell peppers and onions and maybe some, maybe yellow squash or maybe broccoli cauliflower. And then after I do that, then I also do a bunch of chopped greens, or I will serve that instead of serving that over rice, I will serve that over a bunch of chopped lettuce, where it's more of a taco salad, then a lot of times we can make those taco things and make them into burritos or tacos or whatever, I make that into just one big, huge salad, and then put all your taco fixings on top of that. So put your guacamole on top if you want your guacamole, crumble chips on top, like there's nothing to say that it all has to be 100% clean and healthy but don't be afraid of having that volume and the bulk come from really high quality, high nutrient foods that are mostly from produce. And then what you end up having is something where you can eat the heck out of that meal and feel like you've gotten a good size meal without feeling like you've totally just lost control on your food habits for the day. You know, it's totally different to eat a big bowl of macaroni and cheese versus a bowl that's like protein, produce, and some really good spices. And so you're going to feel very differently afterwards. The big bowl of macaroni and cheese, while maybe enjoyable in the moment, is not going to fuel you for very long afterwards. It's probably going to leave you feeling really sluggish afterwards. It might not be that rewarding. It might be immediately rewarding, but it's not going to be rewarding long-term versus the idea behind volume eating is that you have this big bowl of food, but after the fact, you don't feel weighted down by it. You don't feel tired and sluggish. So All of these things are going to impact your cravings. If you're getting in that volume, if you're getting in that protein at breakfast, if you're getting in your pro-pro at every meal and snack, you will be far less likely to crave sugar. So once you have these really good habits in place, you will find you have less room for the habits that don't serve you. You will have less room for the sugar and for the junk food because you've put these other things in their place. So you don't have to think of it as like, oh, I'm giving up sugar. You can just think of it as I'm going to put these new things into my diet and see how that goes. And what you'll find over time is that you've ultimately been able to crowd out the old habits. You've been able to crowd out the habit of having sugar. So I hope this has been really helpful for you. I would love to hear what you have for your 30 grams of protein at breakfast, because I know for some people, some of the ideas I've had people use in the past would be eggs, of course, protein powders. I love, um, I use uh, Vega protein powder, V-E-G-A. Also cottage cheese is high in protein. And you can go, you don't need to do no fat, do non-fat stuff. Um, you can also do plain Greek yogurt is a great one that can be very high in protein. You can also do nut butters. And so we'll do like Ezekiel bread, Ezekiel toast at our house with nut butters. That can be a good source of protein. And then you can mix all these things up. So it might be that I'm having like an Ezekiel, to- piece of Ezekiel toast with nut butter plus two hard boiled eggs. And there I've been able to, the combination of all that can give me that 30 grams of protein. So don't be afraid to try these things to practice new habits that crowd out the old habits. And then of course, as always, let me know how it goes. I love getting feedback from you. So please feel free to check in with us at any point and send feedback. You can contact me at shamelessmom.com. And if this has been helpful to you, I would love a review on iTunes. You can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to leave us a review and let us know what's working on this show. When you give us that level of support, it helps me know that we are going in the right direction with the show and that you want to hear more of what I have to say. So please provide us with feedback. It's the most valuable thing you can do for us. And it really is encouraging to me. And I love, love, love reading everything you have to say. So thanks so much for joining us today. And I will talk to you soon until next time, get out there, eat some protein and some produce and be very shameless. Even if you have a little bit of sugar. All right. Talk to you soon.